Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Today, live in Paris, I have Eve Jordan. I thought I'd reach out to you and you said no, and so I apologize because I've looked at your picture and like, and but I'm glad it's live. It's way more fun. Yeah. So I'm in Paris at the Lido. We just did a backstage tour, which was incredible. Like any bluebells listening know that it was to see the stage. A lot of people, I never danced on the stage. I did Hello Hollywood Chanel. So many people I love have danced on the stage, but to go and see the dressing room, the costumes. And then I got to sit on Miss Bluebell's bench and I got to go in her office. And I don't, I don't even know where to start because you were, you were so animated and fun and like you were adding a lot of really great things to the backstage area. So people see the video, like showing us your dressing space and your costumes. So we're going to have to go back a little bit of history. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Cheshire in the Northwest of England. And then when I was 11, I went to ballet school in, in Hertfordshire in London, just on the outskirts. And I boarded there. Is there I would do like my ballet all morning and then academic in the evening. So you're away from your family and yeah, living there. Yeah. Wow. It, I've heard, I've never known any Americans that do that. Yeah. And I've heard in the UK a little bit more. Yeah. Is it a big deal or like as a mother, it makes me go, oh, I mean, but I want the best for my child, but that's yeah, hard to imagine sure. being away from your kid for that long. And I mean, I'm an only child as well, so I can't even comprehend to think what my parents must have gone through. Like now just, you know, letting your daughter go off at 11 yeah. to go and live in the big city you know like it's it's crazy but I always loved dance I did a lot of festivals a lot of comps when I was little and I just I loved it but I didn't realize okay this is what you can do for a career per se you know I've been to see shows and seen dancers and and things like that but my school was super academic and I was kind of wanting to go down scientist lawyer kind of very academic sides um because it hadn't been not that it hadn't been fully made clear aware to me but it was kind of just like you know that's what I thought you did and that was what I was told at school as well and then I did some of these comps and some of the adjudicators and the judges would come up to me at the end and say like you know you should go to one of these dance schools because you could go somewhere so you could do and I was like okay and then I passed the auditions at the schools that I wanted that I was interested in and then chose out of and that was at 11. So was it academic and ballet or were you yes. fully immersed in no, dance? No, you still have to do like your academic side. So I've got all of my qualifications that have my academic side. And that was one of the reasons that I actually picked the school that I went to, which is the Arts Educational School in Train. Um, purely because apart from the ballet and the dance side being so incredible, their academic side was super strong as well and that was really important to me because and to my mum and dad as well because in case I was ever going to be injured or accident or whatever you obviously you don't know yeah um, that was really important that I had like a strong academic base to fall back on in case or even now you know after after dance we'll talk about that too that conversation like what happens after this and then to see this life and go how could you just not do this forever I know and you have to think about well when I'm 80 are they gonna let me up there my (laughs) (laughs) g-string but let me so 
were you have any idea what the Lido was or were you going yeah. to be a ballerina? Like, cause I know that some of us because of height and some of us style or like, yeah. I finally see this thing I might like more, but I'm yeah. always curious what lures somebody out of one world into the other. So I have grown up playing about the Lido my whole life. It was my mum's dream to be a blue ball girl. And they actually retired out to France last year, two years ago. Um, and when they were packing up their house, they found all of the old Bluebell audition papers and everything. So I have them, which I can send you. They're like, oh, I would love that. Was your amazing. mom keeping it for herself or for yeah. you? And just I'm eventually. I'm not sure. And so she's now gift. fully living vicariously through me. Um, but yeah, like it was always her dream. So I've always grown up knowing about the Lido and Parisian cabarets and Vegas, Reno, all of those cabarets. Like I knew about all of them, not quite in the same depth and detail as like Jeremy, for example, yeah. who was just an encyclopedia of, <laughs> of anything. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I went to ballet school with aims and hopes of being a ballerina, and I was the smallest in my year when I started, and then suddenly grew like eight inches or something oh, in one year. And, yeah. And Do then, they tell you, hey, you're too old, or they just kind of let you just keep doing it? Because some girls were, you're, you're not gonna be a ballerina, and then they wish their dreams but like oh there's bluebell but a lot of girls didn't know there was even an option I mean I think back then I did have some really strong jazz and modern teachers from training like from arts edge that saw like a possibility in me especially when I'd grown that much that they were like okay no this is definitely something that you could do. And a lot of it was like a musical theatre push and also now definitely a strong cabaret push. And I have some of my teachers coming back saying, you know, you could come and do like workshops or things like that because there's such a want and need and on all the cruise ships and all of that, you need that strong yeah. cabaret training. Yeah. So. I work for Jean and Ryan. A lot of people have done Lido and Jean and they said they, they actually got introduced to cabaret and showgirl from Jean and then they were more ready to come here because yeah. most people from ballet school like I talked to a few like bevel like with my legs this you know it just feels yeah. opposite of everything you're supposed to do in ballet yeah, and absolutely. so like a little before you hit the Lido stage yeah. what was your um trajectory like okay I'm going to do this and now I'm going to prepare for this or did you just get out there and start auditioning like how um, does my even know what's available what for the for, for show to start to be professional like did you graduate having an idea or just figure it out after um so I was very headstrong and I was never going to be out of work I was constantly going to be in a show and anyone will tell you that is exactly what my frame of mind was um when I then went on to Lane Theatre Arts which is the same as Jane actually we went to the same college then same dance college oh really yeah and um I went from 16 to 19 and when you get into your third year there, you can start auditioning. They don't necessarily let you leave. Right. But it depends on when the contract is starting and, and whatnot. So I'd done like, I think I'd done like one cruise ship audition and I got the job. And was I was- Was your first audition? My first audition. And oh, it was yeah. on my birthday, I remember. Oh. And I was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Wow. And then I was, I'd said yes I'm going to go do this cruise ship and then I did this audition for um to be a showgirl in, in Reno and I got offered that as well and it was my second audition and so oh, I was like well this is kind of looking good <laughs> um but for me I was kind of like do I want to do a cruise ship or do I want to be a showgirl in Reno for my first job and I picked showgirl in Reno 
Who produced that show? Spirit Productions. Okay. It was like probably the most full on sweaty dance. Like I literally looked like I'd just come out of the shower right. at the end of it. I was drenched. It was insane. And the altitude there was oh, yeah, so yeah. high. We were doing like the rehearsals in London and at the end of like every number they were like no keep jogging like this is you costume changing like it's quick you jog at the side of the stage because when you get out there you, it's different and we got out there and literally did the finale which is you know a little walk down a little bow and a little shush here there and everywhere and we were like bent over double up the side of the stage like oh my god it was insane that is a real thing it's like seattle yeah. is sea level okay but i worked reno was my first show and now i'm kind of remembering that because i also yeah. taught up in um Sun Valley, which yeah. is like up in the mountains. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? I, I was in good shape back then. I'm like, I'm doubling over. I'm having headaches. I go, oh, yeah. it's the altitude. I'm like, that's a thing. Yeah, like, I, I didn't think it was. I didn't know it was a thing. When it I came was like a, a little saying for us, like, I'll just blame it on the altitude. I'm drunk, blame it on the altitude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> falling out of my pirouette. Yeah. Altitude. So, how was that first show for you? Because you, you had some exposure. Like, Showgirl wasn't some weird, like, even in the ballet world, sometimes the Showgirl thing is looked down upon a little bit, but you'd already known, like, this was a legit thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was incredible. The thing that was difficult for me was I was 19. I wasn't even technically allowed to walk through my casino. But, you know, work on these things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, I was I turned 21 in the show. And I'm like, I was in the bars. I don't think anybody yeah, checked. Yeah, yeah. You're in a different generation now. They're stricter. Yeah, but back then, I think you got strict. eyelashes on here, old. Yeah, I had, I had, I think I had like a driving license of one of the girls in the show. And, uh, <laughs> but they were super, super strict on, on ID everywhere. But I, apart from that, it was honestly, I mean, I lost so much weight doing that contract just purely because of the amount of effort. We were doing two shows a day, every day. And it was, as I said, it was so hardcore, the choreography. Was it like jazz or, because I think a lot of people talk about doing like Ronnie Lewis where you it, you can't even keep your costumes or your eyelashes on because it's down and like grungy kind of stuff. And it, then people would go to that to show grungy, but it was like a mixture of like showgirl and disco. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was like a lot okay, of that's and disco. I wish I could see that show and be in that show. Oh, it was incredible. Some of my favorite it was, things. It was amazing. Amazing to be part. So you and you know you're dancing your butt off. Like oh, you're not like yeah. I'm learning every penny off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. It was amazing. It was such an uh, incredible first experience. You know, like my first show, I didn't know it was out there till I did my first show, and then you find out because of people in the cast. There's yeah. so. How did you know what was next, or did you have a? Some people have a plan. Some people like just go with it. Hey, this sounds good. So my plan was no. Next needs to be musical theater, like because. Lane Theatre Arts is huge on musical theatre. Like, that's what it's known for. And so I was like, you know, I'm not just a dancer. I am a triple threat. I'm an actress. I'm a singer. I need to do it all, you know, like, and, and yeah, I was like, so headset on my next show has to be musical theatre. And I remember coming home, landing, crying to my mum and dad after two days, being like, I don't have a new job. And they were like, just wait calm yourself and I was panicked because it had been two days <laughs> and then uh, my agent rang me do you have you have agents in in America not for dance stuff it's no. very rare unless you're in LA okay. or New York but most of the stuff no man it might have changed in the decades but that's uh, for us in in London for like for musical theater you have to have an agent but for even to get into an audition right yeah okay for sure there are some opens but they don't really look really everyone that comes in and the opens. Yeah. So my agent rang me on like day three and he was like, you have an audition for Joseph and the amazing technical oh, and the audition is tomorrow. 
and you need to get down to London and get to the audition. So I was like, okay, fine. So I did. And that was on a Friday. And then on the Monday, I, they rung my agent saying I had the job. And I started the next day. Wow. So that was super, super quick turnaround because they'd been looking for the part that I was in the show. Um, I was Mrs. Potiphar, which is like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. On that show, so I was Mrs. Potiphar, and you're scandalous. Looking for so scandalous, <laughs> um, looking for someone to play the role for like a month, and hadn't found anyone. And the show had did you, did you get there as the show started? It, 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 already, it already it was already going. It was on running on like oh, rolling really? on, and like the understudy was playing the part of Mrs. Potiphar for that month, and they were just working down until they found someone that they wanted. But the exact same thing happened for me in Spamalot. You did spam a lot. Yeah. Oh my! How long ago? Can we check that show's not super. Yeah, was it uh, about maybe eleven years ago, twelve years ago? Wow. Yeah, but that I did in Germany, and my agent went for that and was like, "Yeah, oh no, it ha he hadn't." I'd done an audition behind my agent's back. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Um. For Dirty Dancing for the role of Penny in Berlin. Yeah. And I got down to the finals, and then they were like, you need to come back with this scene prepared in German. <laughs> oh, oh, you know. <laughs> and I was like, you can't, you can't speak any German. And then this other girl could speak German because she'd been working in Germany for ages. And then obviously, you know, but then they rung me and they were like, we've got this job and also I think one of my best friends was working in the show as well and kind of like it's like well, I have a friend as well and so then they rung me and I went out and they were like you need to bring a suitcase out with you because if you get off of the job then you start the next day so I took a suitcase out with me and I got the job and I think I had like three days to learn the show and I was mic'd on my first night singing in German oh my gosh so there were certain, certain things I was literally just like leaning in towards other people doing backing vocals like off stage yeah. being like you just sing it because I, I don't even know how to pronounce that word I can't find the oh my god yeah. a friend of mine did Cats in, in Germany, Germany. Yeah. and she was singing Macavity but I was crying when she's like when she she didn't know how to speak she would just over exaggerate the, the, the R and the K thing yeah. I'm like Oh, how did but the Germans are they not offended that you're but maybe they can't hear over the mic if you blend yeah. well like it's close I'm enough. Sure I mean, I still can't do it now. My dad's German as well, and I was literally like trying to say the words to him, and he was like, "No, I don't what you're saying." But no. How long did you do the show? Again, it was just about a year. Joseph, I did it for about sixteen months, and is it did the contract end or were you ready for the next thing? No, the show closed. Okay, and then there was I think. I, which I went into the theatre, it was in Cologne, but then, oh. so then I came back. Then I auditioned for Lido, and I already had work lined up until, I think my audition was in April, and I had work lined up until the following January, doing like, again, working for Spirit Productions and working for another company where I was being a showgirl in Italy, where I met my best friend who is now married to my husband's brother so we are actually oh, really? sisters which is kind of cool oh I love and that. she works here as well wow um and so yeah I already had work lined up and had a couple of emails from Jane saying do you want to come back and you know we've got a, a spot hopefully for you and 
And so you have two two kids? two kids. When did that happen between like? Because I know there's a lot of COVID babies. Oh, my one of them is a COVID. Really? Yeah. Did you? I mean, nobody knew if they're coming back for sure. But like, well, now's a good time. But like, were you performing with already one child, or did you yeah, take time yeah, off? Yeah, so yeah. Do that. Those are stories I can't believe because you don't get off till crazy late. Yeah. So with my my first, I've got two girls. My first girl, she's called Layla Rose or Layla, and um, I was. 17 18 weeks pregnant in the show with her and then I and then I stopped and then with Olivia my second I mean she's 11 months old now so she's she's because everybody's kind of waiting maybe it's going to open so were you like okay I'm ready to get back on stage or a little cozy time with COVID it's like that's a totally different shift without yeah, babies but for sure so my husband when I first met him at Barry I didn't want any children he wanted 12. oh so we had to come first somewhere. <laughs> Two, that's a good. Zero, yeah. 12. No, when, when I first had Layla, I was like, okay, now I see what the first is about. I know, I'm an only child. My mum and dad, that's yeah, my whole family. You know, like, I don't have any children around me that I've ever been able to have that bond with to be like, oh my gosh, children, no, I need children. Yeah. Just hadn't had that for me um, until I had Layla. And I was like, like, okay, now I get it. Like, yeah thinking oh my god what if I don't like them yeah. <laughs> and I used to be a dance teacher as well while I was at college and children like when they're not yours and they were yeah. so naughty and I was just like this is not for me um but yeah I came back uh when Layla was about four months old and I came back in like, January so I was probably back for maybe like 14 months, maybe. Did you come back in the same line? Were you a bluebell, nude? Or no, no you I've, your I've always been a, a, a nude bell. Okay. Like, I never, I've never been a bluebell. Is that okay after baby? And I mean, you're more conscious, self-conscious, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like, my boobs used to be, like, my thing. Like, that was what I was super proud of. Yeah. I had people be like, I think fake. And I'd be like, meh. <laughs> and now I'm definitely not getting that question <laughs> has to be anymore but yeah I think it's hard obviously to see your body change so right. much like so much yeah and um I've always been very like headstrong with people saying you know weight warning say or, or you know whatever it is and I've always been able to say most of the time pretty strong um but it's hard seeing your body change that much. Yeah. And you don't realize it until like, I was thinking, oh, you just get pregnant. And no, like someone that's never had like any problems, I find, I find that really difficult, especially with my first one. The second pregnancy, I was like, yeah, that's just COVID. Just... <laughs> I got time. Yeah. Well, even just the pelvis, like I remember taking class and it felt like my hips weren't connected to part of my body because yeah. the ligaments are loose and it's hard to trust your body. But if I had, I came back teaching gradually, but if you were coming back to performance with high kicks, yeah, I mean, how, I mean, that's a weird question, but like, how did, how, we've talked about pregnancy, but even just your body, like, feeling safe enough yeah. to go full out again. I mean, for me, the hardest thing was doing the loose again, like the chandelier. I didn't do it immediately when I came back, because as soon as I went on, obviously, you're, it's like strapped around your waist, and that's obviously where everything changes and things like that, and I would turn around and just feel very strange and yeah. it wasn't nice however after I came back after Olivia and we started the rehearsals and I was back for the first day of rehearsal so Olivia was three months old she oh, was still wow. breastfeeding I was thinking oh my god I need to get you off breastfeeding right. so that I can not have a 
leaking through by the stage and no one's paying me for that um yeah like there was a, a lot of pressure for me to that I put on myself as well yeah. to to get back to how I was before and obviously it's never going to be how it was exactly how it was before but with the loose this time didn't help me at all which was really strange really? and I literally clicked on I was like I'm fine so oh, obviously you know every pregnancy is so different yeah. but were you yeah. living in Paris or did you go back home too yeah we were here for COVID so it wasn't like a huge adjustment yeah. to move your family and no. uh, I've talked to a few people about the opening like because yeah. it was like a few times that they thought it was and it wasn't like to really believe it's you know how is that for you because you're if you're a single girl that's different than married with a baby and like I'm coming back like I mean you could be just excited but you're also responsible for more things in, in the world I think I always said when I have a second child I'm not, I'm not going to go back I'm not going to be a mum of two children still dancing with my robes out on stage like it's not for me but then COVID happened and I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to leave this. I hadn't, I wasn't ready to like get my last show stripped away from me. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that and wasn't the ending. Essentially what it was. No, and I didn't want that as my, like the ending of my career. Like literally we were just about to open the Jubilee, which was then Jubilee and now it's in Ubliab, the same section. Yeah. And it was going to open literally, I think it's like two or three days afterwards or long after we closed for the oh, anniversary. Yeah. So we'd been in constant rehearsals. And I don't even remember who I did the night before. We yeah. I heard people say that the schedule was so insane that COVID yeah. was like, oh, we get to sleep and maybe rest our body, yeah. thinking it was going to be a few weeks. And I remember the leader putting out a post being saying something like, oh, we're close to the 16th of April or something like that. And I was thinking, mum, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we are two years left. Well, yeah. yeah, you guys opened sh- it was about before, 18, 18 yeah. months. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. Were you, are you a captain? Yeah. Because you gave the audition today and it was really yeah. fun. I have to thank Jane and Jeremy for letting me sit in because Hannah was, is one of my students yeah. and like, let's, let's go see. And yeah. so we had an audition that was amazing, but, and the um, Moulin Rouge, I couldn't go in. I can't like, I'm her mother because that doesn't look good if I'm her teacher or her mother tagging along, but to get to sit in here and watch how it works and how gracious you and Renee both were because like, it's, and I, it was interesting. They were talking about the Mulan, like, just have fun. I'm like, I can see why this is so specific because the show is that way. And you've got people with beautiful ballet technique. Yeah. Even the way contemporaries, there's a lot of do your own things. So there's not many lines left yeah. anymore. And so like, no, this is why they're specific because oh, yeah. it won't look good. But how you taught it was great. And it was really great for me. I was trying to watch them, but I could not take my eyes off you and Renee. Cause I'm like, that's what it looks like. So it's really good to see the standard of why it'd be so choosy. Cause I know there was auditions last week and I don't know. You know who knows who gets in there but yeah. how is that for you because you have a lot of passion for the show yeah how is that for you to be a captain auditions and also what you're responsible for i mean aside as one of the like the most important and most enjoyable sides of being a captain for me is the, is the auditions the rehearsals really all of that i i love it that's where i like come alive like i love looking for new talent and I think we've all had one casting audition that's bruised our ego and I would never want that to be a source of coming from me. Right, right. So those I, words matter when someone's yeah, so vulnerable. Oh my God, absolutely. And so for me, I try and keep it as light and as upbeat and 
don't like you know this you're gonna have the directors or the creative artistic side you know there's always going to be the serious people looking for that I'm not saying I'm not serious but I try and keep it as upbeat and as lively as possible and so that it calms people because people get so nervous especially after the pandemic when there aren't that many jobs going oh yeah and you're thinking this is my livelihood I need to provide for yourself to create a career for yourselves and I, my, my heart breaks for the people who have just left college and over these last two years so I would rather give everyone an enjoyable experience where I'm trying to like give people things that they can maybe work on as well at the same time every cabaret has their own different level everyone has their own different styles so I was watching the bevel because I have a gal that I teach with and her bevel we're 10 years apart but yeah if you're a Paris or Vegas I'm like I didn't realize that there was different yeah, bevels so I was really so watching your details so that when I'm teaching it I'm like the Lido bell. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very different like pushing the heel forward yeah. the way you walk I feel like all cabarets have a different walk and all cabarets have a different bevel but you need to learn that one and it come like in, into muscle memory like, right. like it has to be done that way and then you're also responsible for rehearsals is that do you put new people in rehearse yeah. them and then yeah. also clean up is that on yeah. you okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're do you have a lot of extra stuff yeah yeah is that something you get chosen? Do you say, I'm interested in this? Like, because if, it's nice if you've been somewhere a while that you have somewhere to move up to. Otherwise, like, it could get boring. So Petra used to be my captain when I was in Bonner. And then at the end of the show, she finished her position as dance captain and she moved up to her management part, the spot that she's in now. Um, and I think when we were in, the, in Bonner, because of holidays, pregnancies, this and the other, like I think we went down to something like 10 captains, like like replacement captains and things like that for just the odd night when so-and-so was away and so-and-so was on pregnancy and she got injured and she was ill and whatever. So there were always girls. I was never one of those girls. I was a swing because I got made swing quite quickly after I started. I just have a brain that can watch something once and, and yeah and, and I was thinking if they put that in the wrong hands it could be a disaster yeah. for that person for the show and for people yeah them. but I kind of have like photographic memory with choreography yeah yeah which is proved really really useful for this career um but yeah I was never one of the captains because everyone had been there for so long and I was still kind of a new a new one and then we did the audition for the for the new show and I was super lucky to to get the new show and then we'd gone into like a pre-creation creation moment and I remember Jane asking me to come to the office before the like one of the rehearsal days and I was thinking oh, what is this and I went up and she asked me to be captain and so I hadn't asked to be captain but yeah it was and it was just something like beyond that I'd never thought that because I was always such a fool. <laughs> like, I, I, was, admit, I was the, like, I was always like the loudest one being told to be quiet in the rehearsals and things like that. But I think the side of, I'm very pernickety. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. And I want, I want that from my team as well. And so I'm constantly, for me, that's like one of the most important things is building up my team of bells and my replacement bells. Like I want them to know that they have someone like strong and someone that they can come to right. at any time. And yeah, I'm very big on 
do, um, do captains ever swing in because they know it or is that swings have their role and captains have their no, role? so if you're a captain you have to be a swing so yeah. i don't okay. actually have a spot in the show oh, you don't? okay so i do sublime and uh, and all the tracks and the bells and then and i've done singing as well wow so again it's like if, if you're a mom there's a whole different thing what happens to your brain <laughs> so it's yeah. really impressive baby brain baby brain oh and, and like it's going to keep you sharp sometimes yeah. i'm like can i still blame this on baby brain so we just did this tour that i can't believe i got to do like i got to watch the audition and go back and it just felt like it the, there's just so much you know oh another corner another corner i got to see costumes of people that i've interviewed that they've worn i'm seeing pictures but I felt like there's a lot of um, pride and passion in this yeah. in this team because I just think you could be jaded from doing it. I don't know if you know that word jaded, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but it just felt like there's a lot of pride. And even when Jane talked about coming back after yeah. COVID, like this is a gift. I mean, it was just such a special thing and how the team came together. But I loved hearing, you know, how, just to see your your dressing room and talk about the costumes. There's there's definitely a joy and a pride and a. Um, I think for me, essentially, that was one of the hardest things about trying to find a new career to go into for me is obviously finding something that I'm as passionate about and I know that I won't yeah that's a hard and even now to things like I remember saying to my husband will you still love me when I'm not a showgirl when you know he's so proud of of what I do yeah yeah and he's French of course he knows about the leader like and his family all know and knew about the Lido before. before you know, to tell you know, like, you know, yeah. And how much of me do you love because I am a Lido dancer and it's very prestigious and it's, you know, one of the first things he says when he meets new people, like, oh. my wife's a dancer, she's a dance captain, you know. Yeah. And, and, and how much is it just because of <laughs> right, right, right. And like our it, identity it, is so wrapped up in that. It is your identity. It's who you are. And I think for me, I've trained from such a young age and professionally from eleven, like to be a dancer, to be a performer. It is essentially everything that I am. And so that now is like for me the after thing. It's yeah. Well, even with the COVID, people like that's not how I wanted to end no. it. And we had talked like Steve Edge, who you worked with, yeah. when he was honest about depression, like because the career ends, like either they think you're too old or you think you're too old or an injury, or, like I'm supposed to be an adult now. Like I ended way too early and people are like, why'd you stop? And I look, I'm like, it was so stupid. I had, I stopped at 25 in those kind of shows. Yeah. I had, I talked to all these people that made it to 40. I'm like, I just thought at 30, you had to be done. And I had weird That's reasons I ended, but it's like, I, I love seeing people that go longer. Yeah. But then it's like, the longer you go, the more like, Oh, this really is my identity yeah. and then your mo motherhood could be a full identity it's like i had i kind of had to figure who am i if i don't have this yeah yeah like but i love someone said what's your essence like if you're not doing that job who are you like what comes out like for me I, it's all about community so dance was i loved it but it's always about creating communities when you yeah. find that thing it, somehow it's like it's not the career but it, it is the career yeah like i know that they have offerings of more training to help people find their yeah. thing but it is like, but well, I love it. Yeah, that's the thing. Knowing that you are never going to have, and it is a knowing. Like, it's not like, oh, you might love it as much. No, I know I'm not going to love it as much. This has been my life for yeah. 34 years. And 
and yeah there isn't anything that I could feel as proud of or love as much as this so mm. it's crazy people listening that are resonant probably resonate this with a yeah. lot because like either we closed that chapter and thought oh that was just part of me and it was when I started when I came back from reunion that yeah. I went I love this more than anything and when I stood in those lights and I went backstage and I went this mattered to me more than I wanted to admit yeah and so I think it's connecting and like hearing other people that said oh I just I have a lady who was 80 something I interviewed her and her granddaughter said I didn't know my grandma I didn't know she did this no. I love hearing the story but I think some people just put it away it's like well even if even if it follows you and you're not on the stage, whatever that is, but I think it, it formed us. Yeah. That's where your formative years and you're yeah. doing something that's so spectacular. It's not like I worked my way up this job and got a little higher. I still didn't love it. It's like, yeah. like if you didn't love it on stage, it might've just been a bad day, Yeah. but it's not like every day you go. I love it as well. Like you get to, I think more so when I do maybe like a sublimal or when I was in like musical theater, beforehand you get to be like a character you know like and no matter how rubbish your day's been what's going on in your personal life who's whatever's going on as soon as that curtain goes up you're someone else you're not you and like my persona is who I am individually like I'm such a goofball and like you know a bit of an idiot and things like that with my family and my friends and things like that but then as soon as I'm on the stage I'm a completely different person like stage Eve comes, right. comes alive and like it's almost like an alter ego sort of thing and it's I just can't imagine life without that yeah I think I would have to like completely do something completely different it's not related to, to dance because I feel like anything that has some form of link to it, I feel like I would just, I would get too jealous. I would get too, I don't know. I've had some people say they couldn't go watch these shows or even if they lose the oh, really? like they go, I can't even go downtown because seeing that hurts. Yeah. I've I, I posed this to a few other people. Like I think when I was like seven, I started ballet and I remember like feeling the lights on me. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, I'm not supposed to think that. That's pride or whatever. And then I remember being on the stage in Hello Hollywood and that same feeling, I'm like, I don't know if that was my alter ego. I think that was the real me. Like, uh, if you want to shine, and then you're like, no, don't be too pretty, don't be too conceited, or whatever. Like, you got to dim that down. And I'm like, yeah. I wonder if that on the stage is more of the real you. Yeah. Because you get to be someone else, but it really is that you that maybe doesn't get to do the mundane grocery store life. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a part. That... I mean, I'd much rather that be me than doing the mundane grocery yeah. life. Right. <laughs> Go to the grocery shop on your yeah. car right here. God, yeah, absolutely. So I know you have two kids you're gonna get home to. I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time it's to okay. do this and the backstage tour just to hear from the, the management and from the captains and the dancers in the show that has a lot of pride in this. Yeah. So is there anything if somebody like the girls that auditioned today, like you know, they have their takeaways and sometimes like what what should I do? Is there anything if someone wants to do this, like to prepare? Because the lead is very different yeah, yeah, than absolutely. preparing for musical theater. There's something of the standard that I think they go oh now I know what I need to work on for me I would say do your homework try and look at videos of the shows clips you know there's clips all over the internet of yeah. any of these shows look at as we said the style of walks the style of bevels the style of um 
there is a style and like a persona almost for each different cabaret yeah and look at those individual ones and whenever I went for a musical theatre audition anything like that before Lido I mean I knew Lido anyway but I was doing my homework going okay I need to wear this sort of outfit I need to sing this sort of song I should have my hair like that because I need to look like I can go straight into that show yeah that's what they need yeah so for sure do your homework then the next thing I would say is performance for me I am all about performance especially when I'm watching the auditions and in the show like I have a strong technique mm -hmm. from all my training, but I am probably one of the most unfacilitated, unflexible people in the really? whole world. Really? Yeah. If I watch the show, I won't know that, I'm sure, because you're going to... Do... I cheat really well. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cheat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I just, I use performance as my... Um, mask almost like I use it to mask where my leg isn't going to go as high as the other girls that are naturally yeah yeah flexible it'd be sad if they eliminated people because they can't kick a certain height yeah. because you would miss out on some of those people that are like really yeah. interesting to watch but I think as well like I don't know five percent of each audience every night are trained dancers or like coming from a show where the rest of the audience wants to be entertained yeah and I think that you would I would much rather watch someone who is literally living for what they are doing on stage yeah and picking out different aspects in every number and we have that opportunity in this show for sure to be a different character in every number mm -hmm. there's so many different genres of performance that you can use and so for me it's like adapting in each in each one and if you go to an audition, absolutely masking it, you might be terrified. You might, you know, this not, might not be a style that you feel particularly comfortable with, but going, you know what? I'm going to sell it anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be wrong and strong, but it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. You know, like it doesn't, just fake it and give that performance because they're going to watch you. If you have something that they can't take your eyes off, yeah, it doesn't matter if your leg's not 180 mm -hmm. or your foot's not like a banana foot or anything yeah. like that. For me, it's all about just giving it that confidence and that like little secret behind your eye that you know wants to allure and the the audience from this. That's so good, and it it translates all the way back to like my day in the 80s and the 90s. Is that whole thing of you, there has to be something interesting just to to watch. And yeah. Like, the secret behind your eye that's kind of a flossy thing too the secret yeah. like what is that what is going on i want to know you like, yeah, there's something absolutely. that pulls you in instead of like oh i got you figured out i remember i can't remember who it was i think one of my teachers i remember them saying make someone feel uncomfortable in the audience like you watch them look at them in the eye like dead in the eye for one second too long and they're literally going to be like oh where is that girl where's she gone like and then the next time you're on stage they're going to be drawn straight yeah, yeah, back yeah. to you and the people around them are going to be like well what made them so special like I want to be that next person that she looks at right um, so that's what I've always kind of like played with is like I try and get eye contact with people in the audience and I like try and play with them so oh yeah I used to do that too and then I did yeah. it with a waiter and then we went on a date and he was the creepiest person I ever <laughs> met and then he, he broke into my house and stole my underwear oh my god you're joking no and that was like I was like oh I'm gonna kind of try this out because I heard people say that I'd find different people and like, oh that waiter's looking at me and then I would kind of like linger a little longer and then he finally asked me out and then I went on the date and it was 
horrible. Oh. And then said, no, thank you. And then he broke in my house twice. <gasps> stole my mom, my underwear. And my mom was saying, I went to stole my mother's underwear. I didn't marry him. No, well, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah, I was like, well, there's, there's not a dancer waiters or dancer. Where, how did, okay, we need to end though, but how'd you meet your husband? Um, in the creation period. I'd had a really tough day, probably on the loose because I was petrified. And I said to one of the girls, I want to go for a drink. I don't care where I go. I'm in my trackies. You know, I was like, pineapple hair, like, no makeup <laughs> on, looking in absolute state. And she was like, so I just met this guy and he's, he's, uh, he's out with his friends. So let's go come with us. And it was this guy's brother. And he didn't understand a word that I spoke to him. because Really? His brother spoke perfect English and he spoke French and only French, but I thought he spoke English. So spoke to him the whole night. He's like, oh, but he's such a good listener. <laughs> he just, he, he's like, not, he really gets me. And then it wasn't, he just didn't understand a word. Oh I was my saying. gosh. You guys can communicate now, right? Yeah, I speak Got French to him now. But really? Yeah. Oh my God. And his English favorite. is really good now. It's got it's got a lot better. You have to want to make that work. Yeah. To do that much yeah, work. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it all happened at the same time that I'd just been made captain. I was in a lot of meetings that were French. I could understand it, but I was lazy and not learning it. You can get away with speaking English everywhere. And yeah. I was too busy having fun yeah. everywhere. <laughs> And yeah, until it comes down to love. Yeah, and then, yeah, very strange. <laughs> a lot of times, people have brought their other girlfriends to see me in the show. That's been a treat. I've had really? Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! And we're like, who, who are you? Oh my god! Who I live with? So what? Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a treat. The French way. Yeah. Eve, thank you, Eva. Eve. Eve. I yeah. thought for a moment, like, wait, that right. Thank you for doing this. It's way more fun in the context in of where we are like, doing live and also what I just saw backstage. And I get to see you in the show. Are you in the show Friday and Saturday? Yeah. Well, the, that's what I told Jeremy. The first time I saw, saw it was the Bluebells. I was just taken in and I was with like just the hype of the reunion. Yeah. This time yeah. I'm going to be probably like concentrating too much. Like, you're so, and I've like, been trying to yeah. find you all. And then I go, and then I have to watch it as a whole again because I, I go, we have to come two nights. This is yeah. One, I'm going to be so distracted. Like, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. So I'm so excited. Thank you for doing this. Um, and then you'll send me pictures. And then yeah. the bluebell, the clippings. Wait, what were the clippings? Oh, yeah, the bluebell clippings. It's from, so it's like the, I don't know. The newspaper Maybe that showed the auditions? from the newspaper or magazine or something like I that. went and did a showgirl road trip last summer and in the University of Nevada, Las yeah. Vegas. They have for scrapbooks. And I got, you can go, you just have to go to Las Vegas. But I took videos so people could see, like, articles uh, and then it's just like how to marry a bluebell girl like the standard is from the 50s pretty good like you have to be an upstanding man like these are classy girls like how to how to marry one in the standard it was it was wonderful That's but there's cool. all these clippings because in america we've never saw those so yeah. you guys you kind of hit start all right well, i'm gonna i'm gonna uh bid you i can't say i do that's the wrong wait is that that's not french i do how much french do you know i'm pretty pretty fluent but anything you want to say here I, at the end what, in French? Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, no, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's forgets everything when he's like. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, uh, merci beaucoup. Uh, C'était un plaisir. Ah, merci beaucoup. Thank you. <laughs>